everybody. Once again, it is time for Your Words Against Mine, a competitive reading podcast between siblings. I'm your co-host, Thomas Dempsey. And I'm your co-host, Elizabeth Connor. And Elizabeth, before we started recording, you said you had some interesting stories to tell, so you want to just go ahead? A kitten showed up at school this past week, I guess this past Monday, um, Monday or Tuesday, and no it was Monday and um, anyway it looks a lot like my cat that passed away two years ago from thyroid cancer and so Brian let me bring it home and I'm pretty sure it's a girl and we've named her Athena and like she's really really pretty and she's really sweet so far has a good personality Um, but we have three other cats. Um, yeah. And so the three other cats are Astaire, Muffy, and Bernie. Astaire is so good with her, um, has been so sweet to her, and like they are, they get along. Muffy is just like perpetually ticked off. Um. Uh. She just kind of, like, hates life right now. Okay. And then there's Bernie. And Bernie hisses and growls at Athena every time she sees her. Okay? And okay. I just kind of liken that to, like, you know, youngest child syndrome. Um, sure. Bernie has been the baby uh, ever since she got here. And we've had her for almost three years. Oh, wow. Really? That yeah. young? I mean, yeah, that old? She, she showed up August of 2019. And when she showed wow. up, she was already like probably two. She was a little bit older than Athena is now. Um, okay. No, wait. Did Muffy show up before or after Bernie? Before. We got Muffy in... How did that happen? Um, we got Muffy in February of 19... February or March of 19. Okay, that's weird. I guess these last couple of years have really just bled together that much. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I could have sworn that mu- that Bernie was a more recent acquisition. Mm-mm, nope. Yeah. All right, so uh, yeah, not being the most hospitable hosts. Right. Oh, and uh, and by the way, Violet, the dog, is like terrified. Oh, sure. Of this of this <laughs> little kitten and wants nothing yeah. to do with her. Oh, well. So, anyway, oh. that being said, uh, we've had to keep Athena in the bathroom because we can't have her running all over the house because we don't want her to get hurt. Right. And, you know, she's been here for almost a week, and so she's a little bit, like, stir crazy just being in the bathroom all the time and like we do bring her out and but we have to just keep an eye on her because we've got other animals we don't want her to get hurt so i was like okay well tonight while we record i'll go record in my stepson's room and i'll bring athena with me and she can kind of like run around the room while we're recording and get some of her energy out yeah getting the other cats to stay out of this room long enough for me to like get set up to record and bring Athena in here and like do what I need to do has been 
a trial. Oh, I see. I had to break out treats. <laughs> I had to, I mean, like, I had to, like, lay traps. It's It's been an ordeal just trying to get to where we are now with me in the room yeah. and Athena somewhere in here. I don't know where she is. I'll find her when we're done. Um, yeah. And then... No, stare, uh, feisty like to hide, like, in the bed frame. Yeah. And then I'm sitting here and I am, and I was looking at my iPad or my uh, laptop and I look at the very bottom of my screen and there is a crack and I'm like, how did that happen? So anyway, I mean, oh, there's Athena. So anyway, that's just, that's just how things are going tonight. So yeah. All right. Well, happy Mother's Day. Well, thanks. Yeah. It's uh, been Mother's Day weekend. I've been, uh doing some stuff with uh mom here at the homestead yesterday we uh went out to this place in downtown called the warehouse uh, it's um right down from the uh depot ice cream shop you know mm-hmm. and it's uh actually next to that thai place that marky took us to that one time yeah but uh yeah it's basically like a little uh community food court it's a bunch of independent uh food stalls and restaurants Mm -hmm. and they're all pretty they're pretty nifty there's like a uh there's a ice cream shop that uses the milk from the dairy we live near there's a a pizza place that looks like it's sort of geared around takeout there's a, a burger bar there's a hawaiian grill there's a taco stand out front it's got a it's got a variety and uh we had a nice evening there i got uh, a hawaiian uh steak oh goodness i totally blanked cheese steak i completely forgot the word cheese steak for like <laughs> five minutes yesterday when i was trying to remember what it was i wanted to order uh-huh. and i didn't have the menu in front of me it because I haven't had one in so long. I think the last one I got was like at uh, Jersey Mike's. Yeah. Back when I was working there years and years ago. I mean, I'm sure I've had one since then, but it's just not my go-to like hot sub. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was very nice. It's interesting. I guess they use like pineapple or whatnot in the uh, whatever they use to prepare their meat because it does have that sort of sweet kick to it. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely the kind of place I think you guys would like next time you're in town. Awesome. And, uh, around the corner, in fact, there's this cute little video arcade that's like, uh, pinball museum. But really, what it looks like is just a bunch of classic, like, uh, arcade cabinets. Mm-hmm. And the way it's structured is you pay at the door for unlimited play. Mm-hmm. So you can just give them like $10 on entry and then just hang out as long as you like. And I, I presume they have stuff like concessions or whatnot to to do that. Right. But uh, yeah, it's, it looks neat. Cool. So it's just a whole little aspect of that downtown area we hadn't really gotten around to checking out that looks like it'll be fun. Cool. So that was my weekend. Uh... Not a lot much otherwise. Things have been pretty busy at work. 
And uh, we got to see each other last weekend, as you recall. We did, yeah. Yep. Had a family reunion of sorts at a mm-hmm. uh, uh, house uh, down, I guess, south of us, about thirty minutes. But yeah, it was a good, good two and a half hour drive for y'all. So yeah, it was. Um, it was the house that our grandmother grew up in. Yeah, which it uh, still still in pretty good shape. They've, I think, not sure what all remodeling they've done. I think they mentioned some wall in the kitchen that they tore down to open up the dining area. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's still in good shape. It's got one of those, like, death drop stairwells where there's, yeah. like, no banister. And yeah. it, uh, they just sort of had to have to cordon it off so that the kids don't go flinging themselves off it. Yeah, well, I, re- but, I mean... Uh, I mean, I remember as a child when our, um, when, you know, grandma's sister, our aunt Helen's lived there, like we were not allowed to go upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh, excuse me. It was a, it was a good gathering, good food, hot mm-hmm. dogs and what all. Yep. And uh, always, always nice seeing you guys. It was good to see y'all too. Yep. And I know we'll have, be seeing more of each other uh pretty soon yep which i don't think we've talked about on the show just yet nope uh but we'll maybe save that for the end do you think yeah sounds good okay that sounds good well if you don't have anything much else to bring up uh i don't really either so um we could get started on the book talk or well well i guess one thing friday um brian's phone d- like bit the dust is now deceased okay um yeah so and like i don't know it was weird like he noticed it like a a while back he noticed that like whenever he would go to use the buttons on the sides of his phone the case and the buttons weren't lighting up so he took the phone out of the case and he realized that like the back of the phone was becoming separate from the rest of the phone and oh yeah no he showed me that it was weird and basically it just kept getting worse as you know those types of things do and then Friday after Andrew's baseball game, um, the it had separated so much that the phone was unable to read the SIM card. Oh man! And it wasn't like you know, like the SIM card didn't fall out or anything like that. Like it's just it, it couldn't read it. So anyway, so we had to take care of um, getting him a new phone this weekend, and it'll it's going to be delivered, uh, I think, by Tuesday. Uh, okay. And then Friday, this past Friday, which is also when we found out the phone was dying or dead, uh, yeah. at my school, we had May Day and we had Field Day. Oh, um, wow. Now, I've been, this was at my preschool, which is 4K and 5K only. And wow. I have never, I've taught for 10 years. This is my 10th year of teaching. This is my second year at my current job. And I have never partaken in a May Day festival before. All right. And, um, Is that like uh, Midsommar? You know, I'm not going to lie. Like, I kind of thought it would be <laughs> like, you know, like a five-year-old friendly version of yeah. that. Even though I've never seen that movie. I've read the synopsis. Uh, but that's yeah. not what it was. Like, yes, I did have to... Like, I organized a May, da- a May pole dance. Okay. So we did have that. Um, it was very basic because I was given like two weeks to plan it. And I'm not on campus every day. Right. Um... Plus, they're five. Right. 
And mm. so anyway, it was... And they did like a fundraiser. So they had a prince and a princess from each class yep. of who sold the most stuff in the fundraiser. Okay. And then the yeah. top three girls and the top three boys were recognized with the, you know, the first place winner girl and the first place winner boy being crowned the king and queen. Sure. And like there were trophies and there was crowns and there was capes and it was like a whole thing. And then there was the maypole yeah. dance and then there was a skit about about uh, perceptions. Like it was actually a very like thoughtful skit for five-year-olds to do. And then there was a oh. dance. Um, and yeah, like it was cute. Like the, you know, the five-year-olds had reading parts and they had to get, you know, just practicing getting up and doing things in front of people. Sure. So it was cute. And then and then field day was immediately after. Um, and I went out there to go, like, see if I would, you know, see if they needed help and just kind of, like, see what was going on. And the kids and the parents were all out there. And they all seemed to be having, like, a really good time. And so, yeah. So that was my Friday. Oh, that sounds nice. Getting into You mentioned those... the drama with the phone. I don't know if uh, we spoke since, or this happened before or after we last spoke, but uh -huh. uh, my cell phone has been giving me this issue as of late where it won't hold a, it won't charge when mm -hmm. I plug it in. Like I have to position it very matter of like just so, mm -hmm. get the cord to hold in the charge port. Mm -hmm. So what I finally did. And I figured this was the issue because, you know, they don't make phones with those little plastic stoppers anymore mm -hmm. like they used to in the flip phone days. Mm -hmm. So uh, I took my phone and I got a little sewing needle uh, and used like the, the back end, the not sharp end. Mm -hmm. And I just wiggled it around in my phone's charge port and got out like, like just all of this dust and lint. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it wasn't like, it didn't come out in like clean chunks. It was very much like just sort of coaxing out these threads and bits of dust. Right. But uh, once I finished it, fit much nice, it fit much more like flush with the phone. So. Well, good. That's, that's like my big complaint addressed with my current model. I'll okay. be, I'm starting to notice a bit more screen burn. On certain mm -hmm. parts of the screen. Uh, so, don't know what to do about that. Maybe it's just a problem with this model. Okay. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, yeah. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Way to go. Yep. Way to be a problem solver. Well, I've got to be doing something to occupy my time. Because I'm certainly not reading. <laughs> Although, Okay. I did start a couple of books in the intervening weeks, but I haven't finished anything. Mm-hmm. So, you're going to be leading the charge in terms of uh, non-challenge uh, activity. Non-challenge reading, okay. Yeah. 10-4. So, you want to take the helm? Yeah, hold on a second. Let me count how many books I read. Okay. Okay. Um, anyway... But in addition to the challenge, I read seven books. Okay. Yeah, the fact that you didn't know offhand sort of made me concerned, but that's not, that's not like outside the realm of 
what's typical. Right, that's not terrible. Um, yeah. So I finished, or I, I read as much as I could um, of the Silver series, the the Warriors of Velos series. Sure. Um, because I think I said in the last episode that there were eight books. Well, there's only seven available. Book number eight is going to be available later this month. Okay. So I read um, as much as I could, and yep. then I had to move on. Oh, uh, okay. And then I read a sister book to the Silver People book because it features characters that show up later in the series. Um, but it's like a right. standalone. It's not part of anything, as far as I know. Sure. And then I read a book that like I'm very uncomfortable with, and I'm not okay. really going to talk about it a lot because it made me feel. It, it gave me the ick. Cool. Um, and then I read another book that was, be- like, gorgeous. Like, it, yeah, it was a romance novel, but it was a gorgeous romance novel. Okay. 10 out of 10 could not recommend highly enough. Okay. Um, so do you want me to, like, go through all of these before we no, take our just, break? Or just see how no, we let's, go? Let's just see how we go. Okay. So let me start with the silver book. So in my, in the last episode, I talked about how I read the first three and then I, now I've read four more. Um, they are Silver Solace, Silver Scout, Silver Silence, and Silver Spice. Um, ah. And basically, like, this is just a continuation of, of the series that's been established in the first three that I've already talked about. You know, these human women were abducted by this one race. They were brought to... They crashed on this planet. Um, they have started to find their soulmates while they've been on the planet with the natives or with the, mm-hmm. the native population. Um, sure. and now the humans and the native population, like they have kind of combined into one tribe and they have, okay. and they are in the process of starting a war with an invasive, like literally it is an invasive species, um, to ah. this planet. And that's kind of where we are. So, what I have discovered, I, I, you know, I think about things. Go ahead. And here's what I've, here's what I've realized out of, because I've read how many romance alien books lately? Yeah. Yeah, a lot. And I don't know why it finally, like, slapped me like a wet fish to the face. Uh-oh. This is just science fiction with sex. Oh, Yeah. Like, that's all these books are, because the further you go in the series, like, yes, it is still about the relationships. Yes, it is still about the spicy scenes. But, like, the other stuff, you know, like, the war and the science behind certain technologies and things like that, like, those start Mm -hmm. to come to the forefront, and you're like, oh, this is just science fiction marketed as a romance novel. (laughs) But it's really science fiction, all with, right. like, explicit sex scenes. Right. So, I'm like, is this... So, that kind of brings to my mind the question of, is this how... Like, the, the <laughs> authors who write these books, is this, like... Are they combining two things that they love? Do they feel like they... If they only wrote, like, you know... I guess, what is it? Like, you know how there's high fantasy? Like, is there high science fiction? Sure. Well, like there's, wrote, uh, like, hard science fiction, which is generally where the greater emphasis is on, um, like, the, like, real-world scientific applications and parallels to the mm-hmm. high concepts being in, explored. 
Right. So, uh, yeah. So I kind of sit there and I'm like, so I guess I'm like, do do the authors, like, do they want to combine two genres that they love? Or do the authors feel like, I really want to write, like, hard science fiction, but I feel like it's hard to, like, break into that genre. So I'm going to market it as romance so that I can still get it out there to... Yeah, the old bait and switch. Right. Like, is that what's happening? I I wouldn't know, honestly. I hadn't really read any of those series, but it sounds compelling. But anyway, like, it, it was good. And another... And one thing that I do really like about the series, um, this series has a character, and actually it's the book Silver Silence, which is a little on the nose, um, the title sure. is. It's got a character that is... Um, she's not hard of hearing, but she is mute and she was she mm-hmm. was born without vocal cords mm. so she has to communicate so like with the humans um or at least with one of the humans she communicates using asl american sign language um but, cool. the, but her and the and the person who she ends up like being soulmates with um like he was so desperate to like learn how to communicate with her that they that the two of them ended up coming up with a new version of sign language. So they call it like VSL because it's, they're on the planet of Velos. So it's the Velos, so it's Velosian sign language. So like, that was kind of cool for them to be like, you know, we're so desperate to talk to each other and to communicate that we're just going to come up with our own language. Sure. And then it ends up being useful because, um, the invasive species, like one of their greatest weapons is they have the ability of mind control so, um, and the Velosians have very, like, good, very, very good hearing. Uh, so they're like, we don't know how to communicate without, like, with earplugs. Like, we don't, if we can't hear each other, then what do we do? So it turns out right. that they, that the, that her name's Elise. Um, and I think her soulmate's name is Valen. So it turns out that mm. this is where it comes in handy because Elise and Valen end up teaching uh, the Velosian army the sign language so that they can communicate while they go on their missions against oh. the invasive species. That's cool. Yeah. Um, the partner book I read that kind of goes along with this, it's called Zaku and it's written by the same author um, who, by the way, uh, is named Iona Strom. I think, I, I sure. think in the last episode I said storm, but it's Iona Strom. Um, yeah. And Zaku and, his mate, I can't remember her name. It's like Aubrey, Audrey, Ansley. I don't know something. Um, okay. But anyway, uh, this one is about a plague. Surprise, surprise! A plague has taken control of Earth, and uh, they have come up with a vaccine. And unfortunately, the vaccine is killing thirty percent of the people who take it. Woof. Yeah. So. The girl, I'm going to call her Ashley because I don't actually remember her name. The girl, Ashley, um, she's a geneticist. And, okay. and and she's human and she gets abducted by the government to come in and try and like do research for 30 days and try to figure out like why is, like basically is the reason why the vaccine is killing 30% of the people who get the shot. Is it uh, like biological warfare? 
Uh. Um, or is this a naturally occurring thing that we can fix? Uh, okay. Well, Zaku is part of a very structured race called the Mokshins. Um, yeah. And he's purple. Okay. And has like lizard eyes. I don't know. And he's All a right. virologist. So he has been tasked by his government to aid Ashley or whatever her name is um, in discovering what is going on with the vaccine. And then they end up falling in love and all this stuff. And there's all these, like, they've got, and, like, Zaku's people, the Mokshins, like, they're a very uh, prejudiced species of people. Okay. And so it is actually against their laws for them to have, like, interspecial relationships. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, like, they just go, you know, we don't care. We love each other. So we're going to run away. So that's what they do. And then the book ends with them ending up on Velos. Okay. So. Yeah. So that's kind of like what I've read of that series. So I've read the Silver series and then the little like offshoot book. And then I read two others. Okay. Should I read? Should I talk about this now or in a minute? I think we can uh, kick it to a break real quick. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, I'm going to take a break for a minute or so. And then when we get back, we'll... Finish up Elizabeth reading and get on to this week's challenge. All right. Sounds good. Thank you for waiting. We're back with your words against mine. Elizabeth had just finished talking to us about some of her reading and she had, I think, one more book she wanted to touch on. Actually, I'm going to talk about the the, the, the icky book now oh. and then I'll talk about the okay. good book. I'm not going to say a whole lot, a lot about this. Um, but I saw on Facebook, like I got a Facebook ad for an author and his book. And I've seen several of his books being advertised. But basically, like the author straight up in the advertisement is like, listen, this is what I write about. Um, I write about uh, like age gap romances um, that, yes, that there is an issue of like power dynamics. And and it, and it, it will always be older, powerful man with a younger uh naive innocent girl like i mean mm. legal but girl sure um so anyway i was kind of like okay like i've read some age gap books um typically they've been like the man is in his 40s the girl is in her like mid 20 mid to late 20s so it's it's you know it's like an age gap of like 15 to 20 years yeah um so this one is called This one's called Step Daddy. Duh! <laughs> Go on. But the guy is not actually her stepdad. Okay. He just dated her mom. Okay. And it's real awkward. Like, the whole thing. And it was not very long. It was, like, 50-something pages. But it gave me the ick. So, that's all I'm going to say about it. Okay. Okay. So, now, moving on to the good one. Oh, wow. Okay. So, now we're going to move on to the book that I, like, really, really liked and and stayed up late last night reading. Um, It is called Wrath. It says, A Sinful Secret Story, written by Ellis James... Okay. 
And this book was beautiful. Like, I freaking loved it. I could not highlight, I could not recommend it enough. Um, it is a, it is a, uh, it's marketed as a MM romance. So it's a, like, it's a gay romance novel between two men. Um, yeah. and now, and the two characters are named Miller and Ezra. Um, Miller, and there's, I'm going to go ahead and just say it. They are stepbrothers, but it's not like they grew up together stepbrothers. Right. Okay. So, Miller lives in Alabama with his mom and his stepdad, who have been married fairly recently. You, like, you don't know exactly how long they've been married. You just know that they've gotten married sometime since Miller has been a teenager, and he's 17 when the book opens up. So, it's not, it's not like... Miller grew up with his stepdad. Sure. Um, and they're getting, like, Miller's getting ready to start senior year, and Ezra, who he has never met, um, is coming to live with them. Okay. And Ezra is moving from Richmond, Virginia, where he lived with his mom and his stepdad, uh, to Alabama yeah. to live with Miller's family. Or, you know, the, the same to live in the same household that Miller's in. Um, and so Ezra comes to the school or comes down to Alabama and, he, I mean, he is damaged with a capital D and you mm-hmm. don't know. I mean, you it takes you the whole book, basically, to find out what happened to make Ezra the way he is. Um, yeah. But, like, Ezra meets Miller he starts calling him like do gooder or DG and he's like because you're just perfect and he's just like a great A jerk to Miller all the time and like sometime Miller like bites back and is like really snappy but most of the time he just like approaches Ezra with kindness because that's just who he is as a person. He's just a nice guy. Did you well, say their names were Ezra and Miller? Yeah. Like the actor who plays the Flash. That's the name of the actor who plays the Flash in the Yeah, I just uh, realized that. Um, when yeah, was this book pr- when was this book published? It's a good question. It says it was published September of last year. Okay. That's uh That's something. Yep. Okay. Oh. Always okay. happy to derail a conversation. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So anyway, uh, Ezra and Miller, like their bedrooms in the house are connected by a bathroom. Um, yeah. and shortly after Ezra moves down there and like, they've had several interactions and like Ezra's just like a great A jerk. Um, Miller begins to hear Ezra through the bathroom uh, Ezra has like night terrors okay. from his, what he went through. And yeah. so Miller starts to go into his room or Miller goes into his room to like comfort him. And Ezra will wake up and he'll like be comforted for a few seconds and then things happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, this is just kind of, like, their holding pattern for a little while of, like, Ezra's still a jerk, but, like, they're 
hooking up. Okay. Um, until I, I, I don't, until basically like one day Ezra just stops being mean. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say it happens that quickly cause it doesn't, but I can't remember like the transition from like Ezra acting the way he does at the beginning of the book to the two of them getting into the, the meat of their relationship. Okay. Okay. Um, so basically like that transition happens and the two of them are in a relationship and it's a very loving relationship. Um, and they're like planning their future together and even, you know, they're seniors in high school, but like, they're like they're planning their future together they're like because Ezra is a football star and he's a star quarterback and so he's getting all these college offers and all these scholarship offers to play and stuff and so Ezra's I mean not Ezra he's the football star Miller is basically like well wherever you decide to go to college like even if it's out of state like I'm gonna go with you even if I have to move get an apartment and work for six months to establish in-state residency like, I'm going to move with you and we can live together or I can have an apartment and, like, you can just stay with me all the time. Like, whatever's going to work out and we'll just be together. Okay. Um, they come out to their parents. Like, it's... And, like, the parents are supportive and everything. And then and then Ezra just leaves. Uh-oh. Like, Ezra just up and leaves in the middle of the night. And... And then, and then, like, stuff goes down, and this is kind of when you start to get into, like, what Ezra went through. Um, and I'm not going to say a whole lot. I'm not going to go into all the atrocities of what Ezra went through. But I will say sure. this, because it does need to be a trigger warning. Conversion yes. therapy is a big part of this book. Okay. And that is a trigger warning. Um, like, when I got the book... Uh, it was, you know, um, LGBTQ and faith uh, tension is yeah. an issue in this book. Uh, I don't think conversion therapy was listed as a trigger warning, but I think it kind of should be. Um, yeah. Uh, trauma, sexual assault, things like that. Like that is part of the that is part of the book. Um, yes. But. The way that, like, yes, the beginning of the book where they first come together is great, but the end of the book, oh my god! Like, I didn't cry, but it was so good. Oh, it was so good. Ten out of All ten right. would recommend. Happy and that's to all hear I'm gonna it. say about it. Alrighty, so that's your reading for this week. Yep. And. uh think that sets us up now to get into this week's challenge mm-hmm. a month ago uh to get you sort of in a gamer state of mind i assigned a visual novel for the nintendo switch yep. called chicken police paint it red yep and uh, a couple weeks back you swing by the house and i loaned you a physical copy of it mm-hmm. and i've been playing a digital copy that i got so, uh, so just first off, can I say that we've both finished the game? Yep. Yep. Alrighty. So, uh, you want to talk a bit about what the game is about? 
Thomas, I've been reading. I've been talking a lot. Um, why don't you? Why don't oh. you do this? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well. Right, so, Chicken Police is a uh, a visual novel uh, adventure game set in the city of Clawville in a world uh, populated by anthropomorphic animals, and the story is. Uh, told in the style of like a, a old nor detective story that mm-hmm. it takes place in like a 1920s style or 1930s style uh city and it stars uh a rooster named sunny who is a detective or who is a uh, police officer who has been uh put on suspension from the force like a few months before his retirement and he is uh one of these two uh police officers who can make up the famous chicken police who are like the, this uh duo of detectives who have solved all these crimes over the years and uh after, at some point in the past they had a falling out and they hadn't seen each other in a while and then one night on New Year's Eve, uh, a woman, or, yeah, a woman with a deer head, like, basically, it's, the style of this game is that everybody is essentially a human being with an animal head, and, uh, so, Sonny is a man with a rooster's head, and the woman who comes to his door, Deborah, is a woman with a deer's head, and she is asking for Sonny to help her with a blackmail case that her boss, Natasha, a woman with a cat's head, has been dealing with. And uh, the whole case sets about. Uh, people turn up dead. Uh, relations and uh, alliance and alliances are uncovered. And the police, the chicken police get back together to work on the case. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I, it's, um, for one thing, I'm not sure how long I was expecting it to be. I know I assigned it on the basis that the website, howlongtobeat.com put it at about 10 hours or so. Mm -hmm. So I didn't figure it'd be that long, but as far as like plotting goes, I f- the game com- is comprised of four chapters, or five, f- four chapters in a prologue. So yeah. After a certain point, the plot really sort of snowballs fairly quickly, and uh, depending on how you like go about in- interacting with the environment and uh, investigating certain hot points. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it can sort of like vary in terms of like depth and whatnot. Uh, mm-hmm. As far as how you engaged with it, here's a like a, a sort of a temp like something to take the temperature. When you were clicking on places in the game to like trigger conversations and observations, mm-hmm. did you try clicking on things multiple times? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because it does seem like everything has multiple, like, information cues uh, attributed to it that you just gotta engage with. The game doesn't make that explicit. 
and this being your first time playing this kind of game as far as I know, I was uh, kind of worried that some of that might have gotten lost. Mm-hmm. Like, and as far as stuff getting lost, did you find, did you ever uh, open that safe that you texted me about? Yeah, um, I did open the safe and like, I knew, okay, let me back it up a little bit and then I'll get back to the safe, okay? okay. So basically my entire approach to this game was, what would TJ do? Aw. Because I remember as a child watching you play video games and being like wondering, but also like getting kind of bored and frustrated because I'd be sitting here and I'd be like, why is he going back to the same thing 16 times? Uh, okay. And so I felt like in order for me to be successful with this game, that's what I was going to have to do. I was like, all right, you're going to have to go back to things multiple times so that you can get the clues so that you can see if there are things you missed and stuff like that. So that's basically what I did. Um, so I went like from the beginning, like I would go back to the characters multiple times until basically like the characters just started repeating themselves. Yeah. That's, that's an old, uh, trademark side posting for these sorts of things. So once they started repeating themselves, I'd be like, okay, it's time for me to, um, all right, it's time for me to move on. And right. now when it came to the safe, I... When it got to the safe, like, because the safe was at the weekend house, when I got to that point in the game, I could not move forward. So it would only let me go to the weekend house or the station or, like, the the cafe or, okay. like, the diner. Um, yeah. I could only go to those three places, and I couldn't always go there all the time. Um, so, like, right. if I left the weekend house, my only two choices would be the diner or the police station. If I left the diner, my only two choices were the police station or the weekend house. Well, I mean, that that only makes sense because you couldn't very well go to the place you're coming from. Right. Um, but anyway, so... But, you know, but, like, in my brain, like, I didn't could think that because I was like, what if I left the diner but then i realized no i didn't want to do that like i'd have to go back to somewhere i have to go somewhere else to go back to the diner oh okay you see okay so for the safe i was like i know that a clue has got to be somewhere but like i could not i couldn't figure it out so i had to look it up i had to look up um i had, now, to had look you up checked help. out had you checked out the crest before then i remember checking out the crest I don't know if I ever got a visual of the crest. I just remember hearing like Sonny and Marty talking about using it for target practice. There is one, there's a crest at the top of the uh, police station uh, uh -huh. screen that if you uh, click on, I believe it zooms in on and you get a look at the four animals that compose it. Okay. And there are, those are the same four animals that you use to unlock the safe. Right. And in like the I same configuration. I probably should have got and like yeah, I I know I clicked on that thing, but I I don't know why I couldn't remember. It's fun. But it, anyway, so I, like, yeah. so I had to look All up right, help. So I had to look up help. That's cool. Um I had to look up help one other time. Oh, I had to look up help like I it, I can't remember what chapter it was. It was either chapter two or chapter three when 
Zip is being taken to the station. Oh, you have to find the secret in his cafe. And you have to find the secret in his cafe. I had to look up help for that one, too. Okay. Yeah, now I'd sort of clued into the fact that, like, these sort of... The game will have, like, these very, like, obvious moments where it wants you to solve a puzzle. And in each of those instances prior to that, the puzzle seemed to hinge around an interactive element. Mm-hmm. Like in the case with the safe, it's this uh, safe that you uncover and you have to key in. And then with the office later where you have to f- discover a secret door, mm-hmm. it involves a clock that you have to uh, move around. I needed help with and, that one too. Okay, yeah. Because like, there there's a clock and you have to set it to a specific time. And then elsewhere in the room, there's this bookshelf that has clues as to what time it's supposed to be. Yep. Yeah. So from that, I was able to figure out that it had something to do with the uh, jukebox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's just basically uh, where it went from there. Really, the only thing that sort of threw me for a loop where that kind of gameplay was concerned was the uh, the chalkboard in the uh asylum sale mm-hmm. where i don't know if you experimented with that at all but there's a thing where if you when you're looking at the chalk drawings on the wall you can trace a chalk line like over it mm-hmm. and i didn't know if doing that was supposed to unveil any secret or not but considering that the game let you progress past that point without doing anything with it uh I just sort of took it on faith that I hadn't missed out on anything. Now, did it let you do that in that one cell? Or were you able to do that in, like, the lobby? No, just the cell. Okay. See, I guess, because when I was in the cell, um, I guess I found whatever it was that I needed to find quickly enough that... Yeah. I could I, like, I never got an opportunity to interact with that. Yeah, and that's, I think, one thing I sort of found frustrating about the game is there will be these moments where you're in, I guess, maybe a high-stakes setting or, like, a specific place, and then once you've done what the game wants you to do, it sort of railroads you on your way, regardless Mm -hmm. of if there's something you have or haven't checked out. Yep. Which that And that might be the game designer's intent... Or on having you replay multiple times, but even that doesn't seem to check out because from what I've looked up in walkthroughs online, after the fact, this isn't one of those kinds of games where there are multiple endings regarding like how you've played. Mm-hmm. It seems like you can do uh, varying qualities of well as you play, and each of those instances is acknowledged with like an achievement. Yeah. But nothing as far as, like, the actual text being changed is concerned. Okay. Which I, I did guess notice... might actually be uh, beneficial for a game being somebody's first. Because you're f- yeah. are you are you familiar with this convention of visual novels? Mm-mm. Where, no. uh, depending on how you play certain visual novels, you'll get different uh, outcomes to the story. Mm-hmm. Where it's more in the vein of a choose-your-own-adventure thing. Right. And that's kind of, I, I guess, I, yeah, like you said, and as especially as a person who, like, doesn't play video games a lot, like, I, I did kind of appreciate that it did kind of 
like push you along in the story sure. and didn't just like let you sit there and be stuck and like get frustrated and give up right um so that was good yeah so that was good um i did like i did like the even though like it, it took they took me multiple times to do i did like the the moments where like you actually like it felt like a video game like where you had to shoot at the gangster's car yeah oh yeah those sequences or like you had to undo the knot yeah on the burning ship the do the undoing the knot one like i had to do that one like 15 times like my i couldn't because my because i don't play video games like my hands aren't steady yeah that that one does seem a little tricky it's almost like it'd be better intentioned for somebody playing with a mouse Mm -hmm. or a touch screen Mm -hmm. which i wonder if that's like a concession to having it ported onto the switch that uh, you have to do it with the analog stick and it's just a bit more cumbersome right right so i'm sorry about that but uh i mean i was fine i just yeah uh, but um as far as uh as far as the story is concerned how'd you feel about it like we've talked about some, the gamey elements of it yeah um, I mean, like, as as far as, like, the story goes, like, I liked the story. I thought, uh, you know, it's like you said in your description, it was very typical, like, noir, thriller, crime yeah. story. Um, Did you figure out the twist before the story let you on to it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's... Yeah both kind of indicative of stories of a given time where uh convention has sort of given us a leg up on like what might have been a bit more uh s surprising mm -hmm. to a certain like an audience of old but all mm -hmm. the same this being a game that came out in 2020 and might be also just a aspect of the game's length you don't really get much in the way of like obfuscating detail or red herrings. Mm hmm. So, yeah, it was, it's like a serviceable story for the game that it is. Mm -hmm. But it's, if it was a book, I don't think I'd have all that much like of a recollection of it. Mm hmm. Yeah. But uh, do you think um, with this under your belt now that this might be the kind of thing you'd be interested in checking out more of in the future? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I know that there's a lot more like romantically inclined visual novels that you might be interested in. Right. Hold on just a second. I have to take my, my earbud is dying and it might hang up on you. Yeah, alrighty. So I'm glad this was... Uh, a pretty good experience and at least at the very least an accessible experience for you it was yep that's cool and uh now that we've got and i was i've been thinking we discussed like how we were going to factor this towards word totals mm -hmm. how's the how's a nice clean one hundred thousand words sound that sounds good because i would think like ten thousand words per hour like over under probably even said averages out okay so yeah that's it oh uh as far as like the actual reading goes how much of it when you were playing the game and it's like 
there's voiceover for all the text, or for most of the text at least. Uh, did you ever find yourself getting ahead of the voice acting and then just skipping over it? Uh, to be honest, what I did, um, I turned the volume all the way down. <laughs> all right. And then I just read it. That's cool. I actually, I, I thought the voice acting by and large was pretty good, but uh, I can totally get like playing it in that way. I wouldn't say that the audio quality of the game was like essential to anything. The only time that like I I thought maybe the sound would be important was with the jukebox. Oh yeah. At zips. I get that. You uh you want to go over word uh, totals now? Uh yeah, I'm having to since you said uh a hundred thousand words for this one, I'm having to re like redo my word count. So right. why well, don't I'll you just go, go ahead. first? Yeah, it, it's easy enough for me since I didn't finish any other books this week. Uh, my last word total was 1,768,437. Add 100,000 to that, puts me at 1,868,437. Which, uh, I don't know about overall percentage-wise relative last year. Mm -hmm. But uh, as far as... Uh, reading pace is concerned this same time last year I was uh, about 300,000 words behind where I am now so feeling okay. pretty good okay I think I'm now up to date yep I'm up to date now all right so in the interim um, including our challenge since our last episode I've read 537,334 words which brings my total for the year up to 3,987,326. Um, okay. And comparing that to last year's end of the year total, I'm currently sitting at 40%. Okay. Sounds good. Are you ready to receive your next reading challenge? I am. Okay. Now, I have a mind to, rec to assign a book, but I have a question as to whether or not you've actually read it before. Okay. Have you ever read uh, One Moment? I swear to God, if you say Absalom, Absalom. <laughs> no. I'm going to come through this phone. I'm going to come through like the phone and strangle you. Nope. Have you ever read 100 Years of Solitude? No, I have not. Okay. It is uh, by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Mm -hmm. It is a classic work of South American magical realism and uh, but and that is the book I will be assigning it's awesome. one I've had on my shelf for a good long while uh, I've heard a lot of praise for it and uh, never really gotten around to checking it out so this will be a good occasion for the both of us yeah I um I've started reading Love in the Time of Cholera. I think I started reading it, like, I don't know, two or three times. And I always enjoy it, but for some reason never finish it. Sure. So I'm kind of familiar with the author's work. Okay, then. A little bit. Yeah. But I've just well, never will... read this particular book. Yeah, well, this will be good. Yep, get, it will check be. Check it out. And, uh... We'll get to talk about it two weeks from now. Oh, no, f uh, four weeks from now. Two weeks from now, we'll be talking about Sullivan's Island yep. by uh, uh, Frank. 
Dorothea Benton Frank. Dorothea Benton Frank. Yep, I found. I've got a copy of that from uh, Mr. K's. Uh, awesome. And that is just the first bit of, uh, or like the most recent bit of book shopping that I've been engaged in. But it won't be the last in the near future, because one week from now, you and I will be making a bit of a road trip mm-hmm. to good old Atlanta, Georgia for a film screening that we can talk about more but uh, uh, ancillary to that and arguably like superseding that will be something I've been wanting to do on this show for a long time which is a travel log of all the various bookstores that I frequented during my time living in Atlanta it's uh, a pretty bookstore heavy town Mm mm-hmm I believe I've given you the tour of it once before when you were visiting me that way. Yep. And uh, next week we'll be able to uh, check it out and see how things are doing. And mm-hmm. I was going to bring along some recording equipment so we can get some uh, uh, reactions in on location. And uh, the I-, I guess the idea is to have this episode uploaded a week from now. Um, after the weekend, once I've gotten all the stuff edited together. Mm-hmm. So, you guys listening will be getting a bonus episode in between this episode and the next one proper. Woohoo! Yeah, so have that to look forward to. Yeah! And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media, and I'll leave Elizabeth to tell you all about that. Yep, so you can follow us um, on our socials. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Literally Club, um, at Your Words Podcast. You can also catch us at our website at yourwordspodcast.com. And you can email suggestions, questions, or recommendations um, to our email address, which is yourwordspodcast at gmail.com. That's right. And we hope you'll check us out and tell other folks about us been Mm -hmm. posting up some pretty good numbers but always happy to be doing this show with you elizabeth yep happy to do it with you too thomas look forward to see you next weekend yeah it's gonna be fun it will but in the meantime we're gonna be saying goodbye to everybody say goodbye yeah 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 goodbye all right bye